I'm just starting to realize how much, how much, how much there is, the life in which I can actively enter into that reality. It's phenomenal, the life. And Paul said it this way. He said, I'm going to lay hold of what you lay hold of me for. I have not yet received, but I'm laying hold of something that I've been laid hold of for. But we must, we must attach faith to the reality of what's in His Word. Otherwise, we will never, ever, ever enter into a reality that He died for us to enter into. It's called a divine reality. It's not wishful thinking, guys. It's not just, oh, yeah, that's for the person beside me. No, it's for you. And it's for us as a body, first and mostly. It's phenomenal. I will say this with man, it's impossible. You will never find this out of your own strength, your own intellect, your own wisdom, your own gifting. You will never find what I'm talking about in those areas. It's possible with a living God. All we have to do, and this is how simple it is, is bow your knee, get on your face, and humbly submit your will. And the Bible promises us if we will do this, that He will lift our head, He will lift your chin, you will stand up, and you will walk with your eyes firmly placed on the prize. And as you do that, and as you focus on intimacy and relationship, not ministry, not works, not going to save the world, intimacy and relationship, you will be transformed through this thing called the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is to lead us into all truth and transformation. Those things that I just talked about, ministry and works, will take care of themselves. He never came down and died for you and I to enter into ministry as a first place priority. He came for relationship. So many people want intimacy for the sake of ministry. It's back to front. What about intimacy for the sake of intimacy? I never had Madeline or Lily for them to do works. I never had Madeline and Lily so they could be a doctor or a nurse or a school teacher or a mum. I had them for intimacy, to enjoy relationship. It wasn't attached to any expectation. It wasn't attached to, right, do this, do this, do this, because you're going to do this. It was for freedom, for love, for intimacy, that I would come into this relationship. Where are you? He said to Adam, where are you? You've just left one paradigm that you were in with me, and now you've partaken of something, and now you're separated from me for eternity. But I'm coming past all that, and I'm coming into your world to bring you back to a place that you never should have left. It's called a divine reality. It's called the kingdom of God, and it starts within us. It's not external of us. Why do you look for these signs? Why are you looking, Pharisees, for these signs? As if the kingdom of God comes with a sign. 
It's come. It's already here. I'm on the earth and I bring with it my internal reality in you, Simon. Peace, joy, and righteousness. Romans 10, 14 says that is what the kingdom is. And it's within. It's a divine reality. It's a divine posture. It's a divine position. And living our lives from that through what? Works? No. Through intimacy. Through knowing the Father, not knowing about, knowing of. Because He has revealed Himself. The Bible says in John, if you obey the commandments, I disclose myself to those who obey the commandments. What's the commandments, guys? To completely get lost in Him. To love God with everything means to completely get lost within Him. To completely lose one's own mindsets and nature and all that stuff to get lost and all that to come into a place where you don't actually exist anymore to find your life you have to lose something to gain something and he says if those people who would obey my commandments who would truly let go of themselves and grab hold of me and be merged into me those people I will disclose myself to a living reality of the Christ within you that gets more and more and more and more because the Bible says I do not give my spirit with limit so it's more it's just a matter of how much do you want how much of me do you want living within you and I've said this before we limit that through our own choices and our own mindsets and the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty where he is life so often we look for life external we think if I change the external I'll find life if I change my job I'll find life if I change this relationship I'll find life if I only have more money I'll find life we took for all the externals thinking that life is in the external the only good thing about the external is it's supposed to waken you up to a reality that you're not in it's supposed to freak you out so much that you scream and your heart turns. That's the only good thing about an external change. Because you realize my posture came with me. My posture came with me to another place, into another job. And it's only a matter of time before that little voice that was screaming at me, it starts screaming again. Because it was never about an external reality. It was an internal one. And Jesus Christ of Nazareth came to bring you and I into such a place called a divine reality. Set the captive free. And so often we think we've been set free because he set us free from hell. Man, he came to set us way more free than that stuff. That's the start. We think, oh yeah, it's demonic activity it's, uh, it's to be free from hell. He came to set us free from wrong mindsets. He came to set you and I free from wrong heart attitudes. He came to set us free from controlling spirits that may be operating in us. He came to set us free from over-dominance and insecurity. He came to completely transform. That's what the mean salvation actually means. Completely saved, completely transformed from here to here. It's called a divine reality. And I'm here to tell you today, it is possible. 
to live this life in Him. His way. His way is a narrow way. His way will crush you. But as we've been looking about in the Garden of, e- in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was crushed of His will, it released life. Olive trees are in the garden. The word Gethsemane means olive press. Oil is representative of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. When we are pressed, when our will is pressed and squashed, it releases something because we go somewhere in Him and it literally releases life from within. And when Jesus bowed His knee and in a moment we see His humanity and He said, Father, not my will, Your will be done. That moment released resurrected life. Do you, I don't know whether you realize this or not. Have resurrected life, you've got to have a death, don't you? But to have a death, you've got to make a decision to die. The only reason you and I exist today is because Jesus Christ made a decision to submit to his Father's will in a thing called the Garden of, the Garden of Gethsemane. We want to talk about the cross. We want to talk about the resurrected life. Fantastic, awesome. The only way that is possible is because Jesus Christ decided to go somewhere so that was a reality. We'll put that into your own context. If you want to move into resurrected life, there's got to be a death. For there to be a death, there's got to be a decision to let go of what you think might be right or your ways or what you're trying to control. And so it's a process. It's a lifetime journey. Because the Bible clearly teaches us the goal is transformation into the image of the one we actually worship and follow. See, the goal is not to reach the lost. The goal is not to be prophesying. The goal is not to find your ministry. They are not the goal. The goal is Him. The goal is oneness and union with the Christ and the Father and the Spirit. And when the body of Christ actually models this and lives in it, do you know what happens? A world knows that he was sent. That's possible. And I'm asking today, I ask myself this every day, do I want to be part of this process? Do I actually want to be part of that process? Because that process will strip me completely. To love like that will be the death of me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To love like that will be the death of self. But you know what you find? You find a divine reality because you find Him. You find His His rivers of water coming forth. We looked at that last week. If you're thirsty, come to me, intimacy. And if you have faith, from within you will come rivers of life, a divine reality. And so the question is, do we want to engage in the process? So much is so outcome driven. We want to shortcut the process. 
Just think about that. That's what the world's doing. You want information at a fingertip? It's right in front of you. That's an awesome thing, isn't it? How many people know that's also a negative thing? You want to talk with people today? Facebook. You know what that does? Breaks down relationship. Breaks down how we were wired to be. Now, it's positive and it's good in the right hands, but can we see what's happening? It breaks down family. It's the man. The world is being broken down. Someone's behind it all, and God allows it. So you and I can become the people that He longs for us to become. See, as the world gets squeezed, the church is to be released. It ain't about the church surviving what's happening. It's about the church embracing running to because in the squeezing, we're going to become alive. We will be the light of the world to a dark world that's going somewhere where we don't want them to go. But if we don't enter into the process, we will not be. We will be caught up in with the world, panicking, freaking out, worrying about stuff, being anxious about stuff. What are you worried about? Do I not clothe the birds? Do I not clothe? Do I not do all this? What are you worried about? Stop worrying. I am in control. And I want to bring you into a divine place within me, which is righteousness, joy, and peace. Stop polishing the outside of the cup. It does nothing. Spirit, lead us into all truth. Jesus, lead us as your people. As a people, Lord, that have been saved, justified. We've been sealed by your blood. Lord, open our minds to the reality that you want to lead us into. Father, open up our minds to see. May we posture ourselves with humility, Lord, to be able to receive from you. Give us a heart of humility if we don't have one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the Bible says, because those people will inherit the kingdom. Blessed are those who manage to walk in this posture of humility, acquiring knowledge, living knowledge. Bible says that we must be converted and become like a child if we are to enter into this reality. Have the rawness and the faith of a child, the simplicity of that faith and attach living wisdom, living truth to it. And you will enter into this kingdom reality. This divine reality he would say to us all today. You haven't got a bucket, Jesus. I don't need a bucket. I am the water. And if anyone is thirsty, let them come. Let them come with a heart of humility. Let them come and 
sit with me and seek me. Let them come. And there'll be an exchange. I promise you there'll be an exchange, he says. Don't be like the Israelites that never entered into the promised land because they never, or the rest of God, which is God himself, because of unbelief. Because we wrote it off. Because it's just not possible. Everything is possible. You tell us, Father. In you. And God, I pray today you would open our minds to believe. Open our minds to believe that this can be a reality for us as a body and as individuals. Because individuals make up a body. Help us to see from divine reality that when you look on the earth, you see a body. And a body that's maturing. A body that's coming to unity of the faith. A body that's coming to the full knowledge of the Son. A body that is becoming the perfect stature, the bride. A body that is interconnected, interdependent, and coming into a divine reality. You see, Jesus literally wants us to be able to utter the words he uttered. So when Jesus said this, if you don't love, if you, if you love your mother, your father, your son, your daughter, even your own life more than me, you're not worthy of me. So the question is, do we love those people more than we love him? God would want you to be able to say, no, Lord, I love you more than I love anyone and anything. Because you've just arrived at a reality that he's at. Why would he want you to do that? So you're actually free to love those people like he loves them. So you are free and you can be like him. Where you can go to places that the law never can. You see, the law can never go where love goes. The law can't go right in the middle of parliament at the moment and stand there and love and declare Christ. Can't do it. It's not in a person. But love can. Jesus wants to bring you and I into such a divine place that sets you free to be able to live an abandoned life and bring your family into that reality. Dads, that's why it's so important. We are leading and modeling and serving and bringing our family into a divine place. God has bestowed on you a mantle of responsibility, of leadership. It's a ser servant leader who knows who God and knows who he is in God to bring and lead this transformational process. Knowing that you can't make the choices for your wife or your children, but you can model it. You can live it. You can create environments where you hope and you pray 
that as you declare reality, the Holy Spirit will grab hold of those words and actually attach itself and do a work in the heart of a person. You see, Abraham said this. He said, I'm an alien in the promised land. Think about this. God promises him the promised land. How do you arrive in the promised land and still say, I feel like a stranger and an alien in the promise? Because Abraham has something bigger and realizes the land where he's going is an eternal one. But it's the promise. You see, there's something of a heart in the man that he understands a much greater reality than his life here on earth. He's moving towards, he's living actually on the earth with a divine perspective, a divine posture. All those people in Hebrews were. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is life. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is reality. You see, the more we allow him in to these areas that we restrict, the more the life actually comes. And I've said this before, you know, our biggest hurdle is this thing right here. This is where the battlefield takes place right here. You see, it's not what you don't know that hinders you, I believe, most of the time. It's what you think you know that gets in the way. And God gives us multiple pictures through this living story to show us, but I don't know Well, I didn't ever have the eyes to see it. And now he's peeling it back more and more and more. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Jesus. Peter, do you love me? Man, the guy that said, have you got ears to hear, should be able to hear what I'm saying. Yes, I love you, Jesus. Peter, do you love me? Why are you asking me for the third time why I still love you? I do. Peter thinks he's somewhere that Jesus knows he's not. But Peter actually genuinely believes that he loves Jesus with the same love that Jesus has for Peter. He genuinely thinks he's there. But Jesus knows he's not. That's just one expression, one story where God says, look, you're not in the position you maybe think you are. I'm looking for humility to change that through a transformation of the mind. I'm going to Jerusalem to die. No, you're not. Because that would mess up my plans that I have to reign here right now. Because we're going to take the earth and we're going to reign on the earth. And so that's really going to mess up my plans. 
Now, you got the timing wrong, Peter. I'm going to Jerusalem to die as a servant. No, you're not. And the Bible says that Peter, Jesus comes and says, get behind me. Not because you're Satan, your thinking is of the kingdom of darkness. Get behind me because you have your mind set on man's interests, not God's. See, God is trying to bring this community and communities all over the globe into a reality. And there's a fight for it. There is a radical fight in the heavenlies for it. A massive battle is going on right now for this church to come into the fullness in us of what he has. And the more that we come and the more we walk and the more we love and the more we walk in humility and the more we walk in oneness, you better believe the intensity heats up. Because there is someone who does not want you and me coming into what I'm declaring. He's doing his best to prevent you and me coming into it. And he's not this big boogeyman that runs around going, oh, here I am, I'm really obvious. He comes in with a subtleness and like a prowling lion. He throws thoughts out. He throws stuff at you. Remember about that and that, what that person did to you. God's speaking the complete opposite because he wants to bring you into this divine place. But through whatever those things are, we get entangled up in them. Yet we're supposed to be a church that's known for unity and oneness. And so God wants to take off our minds. Not all of it. I'm not saying completely. But there's some areas and some will be different for other people and take it off and reposition it and put it back together again. Because I don't know, anyone think they've arrived? Anyone here want to be bold as brass and say, Greg, I have arrived. If you have, I'll give you the mic and you can lead this place. Willfully submit. No, none of us have arrived. None of us. And there are depths of truth that God wants to lead you and I into. Let me read you out of Philippians 1. I'm just going to read this and just listen to this. This is Paul. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge. He's praying. That the Philippians church, that their love, that this thing, I pray your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge. Well, Peter thought he had real knowledge of who the Christ was. He thought he had real knowledge of the love he had for God. But God's trying to bring him into a reality that God was in that Peter wasn't in. The disciples, half their lives are trying to figure out who he is. Man, I saw the guy do miracles. I saw him multiply the bread. Who is he? You see, you can only come to that posture through revelation. I pray that this love may abound more in real knowledge, living reality. 
Guys, not just a theological viewpoint that can be accurate, but yet have no life. It's empty. That knowledge puffs a person up to think they are better than others. That knowledge puffs a person up. And Paul says, don't think more highly of yourself. That knowledge just gives you a big head. And yet there is no living reality life coming forth out of you. That has to be ignited by the Spirit. Paul is another example for us. Let's keep reading. So that you may approve the things that are excellent. Let's go back. You're going to abound still more and more in real knowledge and discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent. What's he talking about? What am I supposed to be approving? These things that are excellent because I'm abounding in real knowledge. I'm coming into a reality because I'm abounding in real knowledge and I'm going to not prove them, approve them. I'm going to say yes and amen to that. I'm going to say yes and amen to that. Yes, Lord, I do not love anything and anyone else more than you. Yes, Lord, you have the center, the core of my life and my heart. Yes, Lord, I'm abandoned to walk this out with you. Yes, Lord, I'm submitting to your ways. And it's an amen, not just lip service, a living reality in the heart of the church as a body, not as an individual. We cannot, we're called to walk this together. We are one. And God gives multiple gifts and functioning so we can be one. But we keep fighting the pattern because there's so much of us still on the throne. We want to determine truth. That's why he said to Adam and Eve, don't partake of that. You can't handle that. He must have watched that movie. You can't handle the truth. you damn right you can't handle the truth. We can't handle the truth. He has to define the truth. So walk with a humble, soft, pliable heart. Come into as a body. Learn to understand how I've built this body, the functioning roles of the different gifts. Abound in real living knowledge because there are some things that you're going to approve. Here we go. In order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Come on. A confidence. We are not to fear the judgment seat. Paul says, approach it with confidence. Because you know you have run a good race. I want to go now, he says, but it is better if I stay. That you may approve and be blameless and walk towards with confidence, not in yourself, in Christ. And that we would do that as a church. Not as individuals. Heroes, no, as one body, encouraging one another daily. Come on, pull up your socks, walk with me. Come on, man, you can, whoever they are, you can do this, we can do this, Christ will do this in you. Don't give up now, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. Man, what you said, that really hurt me. That's okay, I'm going to forgive you so we can maintain oneness. 
Let's talk about this. Let's not get on email and Facebook. You know what happened? Blah, 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 blah. All those things just pull the church down. Go to your brother. Come on. Go to your brother, the Bible says. No, no, we'll go to our mate. And we'll tell him, oh, you don't know what happened to me. Blah, 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 blah. Go to your brother. Sort it out in love. So oneness is maintained. This divine reality comes in the church. We are. He in us. It's the hope of the world. How many people think the hope, the world needs hope right now? In our wisdom, we've just signed a bill that was going to have massive ramifications for the people of New Zealand that we don't even know yet. And you and I are to be modeling something and reflecting something because we know this day is coming and being his people. See, his people look a certain way. They act a certain way. They give off life. I'm believing with everything I have that we will be these people more and more and more. He's screaming something for us. Have them being filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I'm just going to read 2 Corinthians out. And I just want you to read this over you. So just listen to this. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God wants to bring us all to this place of absolute divineness in Him, where we are living this life of liberty, but with all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So we've all had the veil lifted. If you're a follower of Christ, by faith I'm saying this, you've all had a veil lifted off you. Okay, The Israelites still had it on them. This veil has been lifted, so we are able to come into all that He has for us. And the Bible says that we are being transformed. Being. Haven't arrived. This is the process of sanctification. We are becoming, being made ready, coming into more and more of the reality he walked in. Overcoming. Being livers of living water, coming forth. It's truly phenomenal. I had the privilege of seeing my wife in October last year. And I don't want to embarrass Danielle, and we talked about this, but I feel I need to share this because it's living testimony. And it's hard sometimes when it's your own testimony because people can think, oh, you're just puffing yourself up. But I'm going to share this because in October last year, I saw my wife turn, repent, get on her face, acknowledge some stuff that was in her heart, acknowledge it, and then turn. And in a moment in time, I saw someone else minister, okay, but it came at the heart posture. It wasn't the great, there wasn't the gift on the person, it was the heart that was turning, the desperation of the heart. And I saw someone else minister 
And I saw my wife, Danielle, come into a place in the kingdom here where the next morning she is waking up at 5.40 in the morning up, reading, praying, singing. That has never left her. The kingdom came in such a way, an internal shift, because she went somewhere here. Do you know what that's done for our marriage? We have an intimacy that we never had. I'm not talking about physical. That's always been amazing. I'm talking about a spiritual intimacy where we can dialogue now on the real stuff. And we can contend together and love one another. And sometimes in the things that we don't get, that's cool, together. Because there's a love and there's a unity in him. I'm like, God, what have you done with my wife? This is awesome. What are you going to do with me? How can I serve more? How can I, how can I model more? How can I, how can I express your love for my children and my wife more? What? Wasn't just a three-day buzz. Wasn't just, wow, I got all excited in the flesh. and This thing hasn't gone. It's a genuine work of the Spirit of God. Divine reality has come at a greater measure than what was there in October. Peace, joy. Is she perfect? Am I perfect? No, of course not. But what was incredible, and I think I've said it, but I'm going to say it again, is that she actually received more than what she even was asking for. She never asked for a hunger for the Word. She never asked for the downloads and the dreams and the visions and the, the thing that she got that's just maintained. Never asked for that. She said, Father, please forgive me, and I release this thing to you, which is actually killing me. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There wasn't freedom in this part of her heart in this area. As a follower of Jesus, she was held captive in this area. But Jesus comes and he exchanges and she can genuinely say now, the spirit of the Lord, liberty, is in this area. How phenomenal is that? That's what he has for every single one of us. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is sufficient for you. Because when my power is, let me read that, there is, when we become weak, I just want to make sure I get the words right. God's grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. That's beautiful. I think Simon's going to be talking about the power of vulnerability tonight. When we get exposed, what I mean by that is when we expose ourselves before him, when we get vulnerable, when we get real. We're getting real on staff like you wouldn't believe. We're getting vulnerable with one another because we've all come to realize that unity is the point, not ministry. Unity, that's your ministry. Be unified. Lay your life down for that. Nah, man, I've got my own agenda going on. 
How about getting my agenda going on? Oh, that means I've got to deal with some stuff. That's right. But you know what? My grace is sufficient for you. My power will come. In your weakness, my power will come. There'll be an exchange. And then Paul says this, when I am weak, then I am strong. He's not saying I'm strong in me. Christ is in him to a level that he knows it's tangible. Now I am strong. God is moving through the man, speaking things through the man, divine reality, his heart. He lived from this divine place, and we see the power released through the man. When I'm in that place of vulnerability, weakness, nakedness, when I've been extracted of all my natural giftings and ability, and I find myself helpless, then I'm strong. Now I'm giving to God, define that as define those gifts, define those strengths, define those things that you've put in me. Now I am strong because I'm no longer defining them. I've been emptied of that. God's defining them. Look what happens. You see life come, doesn't it? Life comes. This divine posture, this divine place. Guys, he just has so much. He has so much for all of us as his body. His plans, his purposes. We spend so much of our life trying to find what we call God's will for our life. I'm going to unpack that as we journey. God's just downloaded so much about that. It's like the greatest myth in the church. I haven't got time to speak about it now, but it's the thing. It's like we all think there's this individual plan. And I'm going to unpack that more so I'll bring accurate perspective because there are assignments that God has, but his will is clearly put in the book. And it's about submitting to his will. The Bible actually says if your mind is transformed, you'll be able to prove this time what God's will is. It's not hidden. You don't have to go looking for it. You have to be able to see it because your mind has been transformed. You have to let go of a mindset. I'm looking for the will of God for my life. Greg says there is no such thing. What? It's what I've been told my whole life. I'm trying to find the will of God for my life. I'm trying to find the will of God for my life. I'm trying to find, is it under here? No, not under there. Is it under here? No, it's not under there. Is it under here? Have you seen it? Chris, have you seen the will of God for my life? Chris might say, yeah, bro, I found it. It's right here. Way too simple. Now, I've got to find the will of God for my life. Don't you know who I am, man? I am so clever. I've got to find the will of God for my life. Run into someone else. Oh, I found it. What do you want about? That's what that last guy told me. That's way too simple. Love God. Love others. Make disciples. I pray that they be one. You don't understand, man. I've got this gift. I've got this ministry. That's the will of my life, man. I'm fine. You've found it. Have you seen it? No, you haven't? Okay. Have you found yours? No. No, neither me. Have you found yours? No, no, no. Got all these people looking for something that doesn't exist. Mind renewed. 
submit to the Word of God, life will come. I haven't got time. I'm going to break this down to more so we can get an accurate understanding. But it starts with Him. His will is oneness. Submit your will to His plan. God's will is all our will. He may give you an assignment like, Greg, you're going to lead the rock for a portion of time. Then you're going to give you another assignment where you're going to go. You're going to go back into the workforce and do something different. I give someone else an assignment to be a teacher. But you know what's happening as you get your assignments? You're still fulfilling the will of God, which is to love people, love others, and go make disciples. That you'd be one, not running around as an individual trying to make it all happen. Will you submit to that reality or not? That's the challenge for the church. No, we do what's right in our own eyes. Don't partake of that fruit. You do not and you cannot handle if you partake of it. Because then you will know right and wrong. No, I'm doing my own thing, brother. Got my own thing going on. It's a challenge, eh? I've walked through it. I've been confronted by it. And we have to submit to it. I'm going to unpack way more. If you've got questions afterwards, come and see me. But I tell you, there's so much life when you start to realize that God builds his church. God has a plan and a purpose for his church. It's radical. It doesn't start with me. It doesn't even end with me. My role is to be able to see it and engage in it and lay my life down and forget about me. And as I do that, life comes. As I make as a decision to die, life comes. It's awesome. And it's for everybody. So excuse me, I'm a little bit excited because I found gold. I found gold and I'm selling the field. I'm going back to buy it because I found something in him. He knocked on the door of my heart four years ago. Revelation 3, it ain't for the lost, it's for the church. And I'm knocking on the door, it says. I stand there knocking, wanting to come in. But you resist me because of your mindsets. You think you've got it all down pat. But I keep knocking because I love you. I have the best for you. And I want to come and dine with you if you will open the door and let me in. Let me into the insecurities in your life. Let me into the bitterness and the anger and the hatred that you carry. But you don't understand, God, I was wronged. You may be, but it's probably killing you, holding on to that stuff, isn't it? You're not getting any better. Give him that. He'll give you freedom in return. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there'll be an exchange, I promise you.